So we're thinking this morning about what it means to, to persevere. What is that all about? And so I brought some, some Maltesers with me. Anyone like Maltesers? I, I love Maltesers. Anyone like a Malteser? Well, we're thinking about perseverance. So, uh, but you can have a Malteser if you can pick it up with some chopsticks. Anyone want to go? Dig, you can have a go. There you go. There's some chopsticks. See if the... <laughs> You've eaten chopsticks before. You can... Right, who wants... Do you want to go, Henry? Okay, then. Hold on. Have you used chopsticks before? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Okay, well, here we go. There we go. No, you're using them the wrong way around. There oh. we go. Let's have a look. See if you. It's getting there. It's getting there. You're coming. There you go. There you go. There you go. Have you got it? Oh, well done, well done. Anyone else want to go? I need to give one to Emily. Do you? That's, very, that's a very kind brother, that. You know, I wish I was as kind as you when I was your age, you know. Uh, I, I love the way that we're not bothered about the fact that those chopsticks have been in your mouth and they're just going to go in your sister's mouth now. I just love that. There we go. Some of you are obviously good at this because... Oh, no, no, what you've got to do, it's quite simple. You just br- I had to ask them how to do this yesterday, but you just do that. Okay. I didn't know myself. I had to ask them. There's a bit of honesty. Come on, let's try it. No, 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 you've got to use chopsticks with one hand, not two hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, you've had one yet. Let's, let's, let's share. I need That's to easy. Get... You're too good at this. I've never used chopsticks. One more. <laughs> Here we go, one more. I'll let you have a go later. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, how good are we at, at persevering? You see, when we think about persevering, if we just go to my... If we just move to the, to the laptop in the front, let's think about how much we know about, about perseverance and how much difficulty sometimes people have had to have in life before they've become as successful as they have. So I wonder if you know who this person is. He was dropped from the school team at 11 years old because he was too small. Anybody got any idea? We don't shout out. Who do we think it is? It's not Wayne Rooney. No. No. It's Lionel Messi. There you go. The most successful footballer in the world and he was dropped from the school team at 11. There's still hope for some of you. Just remember that. Or what about this one? Which everyday household object took more than 10,000 attempts before it was deemed to be successful? The light bulb. 
There we go. Oh, what about this one? We'll see if the next one's going to come up. Oh, well, I told you that one. Here we go then. Well, we don't want any of Simon Cowell anywhere. Listen, he was just a dropout. He dropped out of school at 15. He didn't know what he was going to do. He just dumbed around and doing a few jobs. And then he got a job as a postman at EMI. And his first business failed. And now he's whatever. Right, come on then. Which everyday household object took five years and 5,126 failed attempts before a successful one was made? David thinks he knows. David, you're so clever. And we're so grateful for him, aren't we? You know, the only Hoover I've ever known as a married person is a Dyson. That's, that's just what it is. Oh, what about this one? Her first book was rejected by 12 publishers. She's now the second richest, not female author, female entertainer in the world. Harvey, who is it? It is J.K. Rowling. Did you look at my slides? Who's he? Do you know who he is? He is Nick Wojcik. We're going to meet him later in the service. You know, we're thinking this morning about what it means to persevere. And so as we think about what that means to persevere, let me just tell you something that happened to me on, on Wednesday. This is what happened to me on Wednesday. I'm in Lelon School because it's a Wednesday. And what that means is that I'm doing an assembly. And I'm doing an assembly and the head teacher has, wants to teach the children about perseverance. And this is her favourite slide that she wants to show to teach the children about perseverance. That's what she says. It's not a long race, it's many short short races one after the other you know right from the age of four because that's how old some of those children are in that assembly and they're learning about the importance of, of of perseverance this is what steve jobs said about perseverance i'm convinced that about half of what separates the successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure perseverance over and over again we get taught as an early age about the importance of perseverance But it's not a new thing, because actually it goes all the way back to the Bible. We get taught about the value of perseverance. And the metaphor that is used for that is the metaphor of running a race. So if you want to learn how to persevere as a Christian, and you will only be a successful Christian if you persevere, if you want to learn what that is all about, then you've got to think about what does it mean? What type of race is it? And when I think about the race, I think about the race as this. It's a marathon. It's not a quick sprint. Christianity is not a quick sprint where you have one glory moment with Jesus and that's it for the rest of your life. It is a marathon where you keep on going. And you can't run a marathon without a training plan. And so the same is true for when it comes to running the race with perseverance. You need a training plan. Because there's a difference between trying harder and training wisely. As some of you know, last summer I I kind of got a bit of extra time off. 
And during that time off, I got the opportunity to go and play golf again. You see, I hadn't played golf for three years. The reason why I hadn't played golf for three years is because it just got so frustrating. I just kept trying harder and harder and harder, and I was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't have the time anyway, so I just thought I'd give up on it. And then there's a very friendly church warden at the town church called David Morgan. Some of you will know him. You will know him because he's the former professional at the Royal Jersey Golf Club. And he heard about my accident and he said, listen, Ian, you've done me a few favours in life. I'm going to do you a favour. Let's go and play nine holes of golf. And I said, I don't want to play nine holes of golf because it just doesn't work. What I want is I want a lesson. And so what he did was this. He said, right, let's go to the driving range. We went to the driving range and we started to hit some golf balls. And so what happened, I'll just check what I'm going to do, was he said, just hit some golf balls. So I just hit some golf balls like that. And he said, hit another one. So I hit another one like that. And he said, hit another one. So I hit another one like that. And then he said to me, right, now I want you to do this, 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 and this. And he said, I want you to do five things differently. The first thing he said I want you to do is I want you to look at how you grip it. And imagine when you're gripping the golf club, imagine that it's, you're like holding eggs in your hand. You see, because for me, I've played too much cricket. I've got too much right hand, so I'm going to grip the club more tighter because that's what I've done. He said, you've got to grip it. Thing. He said, the next thing, what you've got to do is this. You're practicing. You're going to bring your swing right the way back there. He said, don't bring it right the way back there. You're just going to cause yourself too many problems. You'll get no further distance. He said, just bring it back half and then hit through like that. And he told me these things. And it changed my golf game. You need a training plan. And the training plan is different from trying harder and training wisely. So what I want to share with you this morning over the rest of this service is, is three things that we all need in our training plan. Here's the first one. It's the word focus. Here's why we need focus in our training plan. Because when you run a marathon, you can't run without a focus. It just doesn't happen. And so it's the same. For us, the focus is to fix our eyes on Jesus. What that means is this. You look always towards him, but also it means you have to look away from the distractions that come along. This is how the writer to the Hebrews describes what we are to do. It says, And let us run the race with perseverance, marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, and let us throw off everything that hinders. If we're going to run the race for Jesus, we need to focus. We need to focus and fix our eyes only on him. Why? Because he's the greatest example of what there is that has ever been to be a Christian. And so he's given us that perfect example to follow. But also we have to look away. We have to look away from the distractions that will come in our life. You see, as I watch Christians' lives, what I see is this. I see people who just become Christians, and they're really going for God, and then a distraction comes along. And all of a sudden, 
They're just not there anymore. Or you go to a new level with Jesus and the same thing happens. And you have to fix your eyes. Sometimes those distractions are good. Sometimes they're just bad and ugly. So if we're going to learn to fix our eyes on Jesus, that's the first thing we need in our training plan. Why don't we stand together and we'll sing our next song together. two other things that we need in our in our training plan we not only need to have that focus that focus upon Jesus but we need two other things let me tell you what they are very quickly here's the here's the first of them if we just move to my to my iPad again last year I read this book by Chris Evans called call the midlife and in this book it's a book in three parts but in the middle section he talks about his diary his diary of how he went about running the London Marathon. And there's a section where it says what they don't tell you or what you wish you knew before you'd run a marathon. And it was this. He had a conversation with Paula Ratcliffe and Paula Ratcliffe said this. Expect in a, in, a, in a marathon, expect at least three tough periods. And it's the same if you want to run the race with perseverance. You will find you will have at least three very tough periods in life. And in that situation, what do you have to do? Well, you need this. You need hope. You need to have hope that this life is not all that there is. In that reading from Hebrews chapter 12... What the writer was trying to say to the church that was struggling at that time and that was being called to persevere was that they needed to have hope in Jesus. And the way that he described that was he described in going back to Jesus' death on the cross. And he says, consider Jesus. Because he gave us the greatest example of what it means to persevere right the way up to his death. And the only way that we will keep on going is if we remember who Jesus is and the hope that he brings. For, for any of us in life when times are tough, if you think about it, resurrection only happens through death. It's actually through those times that are actually the greatest heartbreaks in our lives becomes those moments of greatest hope. You know, when we persevere, we will fail. And I found this lovely quote from, from John Altberg. When you fail and you will fail, our hope is in Jesus because he is wholly adequate to pick you up. He is with us always. And there will come a day where we will persist and overcome. But we also need something else in our training plan. 
We need something else. Going back to Chris Evans, he talks about the London Marathon. And he talks about being on the start line and how everyone's quiet. And he talks about the first half a mile. And he says, all you can hear is rubber hitting tarmac. You can hear nothing. And then he describes this magical moment about half a mile in. Where he says what happened. It was as if it was the most magical moment. The highlight for him of the London Marathon. Where all of a sudden people started to talk. And people started to smile. And if you want to persevere... You not only need to have a focus, you not only need to have a hope in Jesus, you need to do it with Christian community. Because here's the thing, when times are really, really tough, you will never desire community the least, and you'll never need it the most. You'll never desire community the least, and you'll never need it the most. And so, there's nothing better, there is nothing greater example in the world that when times are tough for you, of being in community, of being in a church, and there's no greater image and message of what that tells the world out there. So when we run the race with perseverance, we need to have a focus on Jesus. We need to have our hope in Jesus. But we do it in community and not in isolation. To respond to that, we're going to I've asked Justin and Amy and, and James, and they're going to play a song. And as they, as they sing this song to us, there's some slides that will, that will come up on the screen that will just help us to think, and then we're going to pray about them after that. So let us pray together now. Lord, in the quietness of this place, you are here. And so help each one of us to have the strength to persevere. To persevere for you. Help us to have Each one of us that focus upon you. Help us to have that hope in you. Because the only hope we have is you. And Lord help us when times are really tough to rely upon our friends in this place.
and set the wonderful example of, of what you call your church to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.